0: Good morning. Welcome to Raise Your Game. I'm Roshan Karnasen and with me this morning is Richard Hua, Global Head of Epic Leadership at Amazon Web Services. And we're going to be talking a little bit about emotional intelligence and how important it is for epic leadership. Um, uh, Richard, first and foremost, before we begin all this, I have to say that is quite some title you have there. Any pressure in trying to achieve that kind of epicness?
1: That's funny. Uh, First of all, you can call me rich. Uh, My friends call me that. And um, yes, there is some pressure. But you know, I I do want to clarify It's an acronym that has a double meaning. So epic leadership means leaders who lead with empathy, purpose, inspiration and connection. And so those are leaders who have high emotional and social intelligence. So they can be epic in that sense, as well as also fantastic leaders who are able to lead high performing teams.
0: Interesting. Uh, And it's very nice that it came together to sound so, well, to sound so epic. Um, now, Rich, before we dive in further, based on your decades of training experience in this space, um, could you give us a sense of the current conventional leadership styles and the gaps you believe they possess before we get into the epic side of things?
1: Yeah, so, you know, it's really interesting. Um, the fact is our current prevailing model of leadership in the corporate world actually uh, came from World War I. It's this command and control idea where you have strong leaders at the top. They're stoic. They don't express emotions or weaknesses. They just tell everyone what to do, and then they go do it. And that's over 100 years old. Um, And so it's focused on the cognitive side, right? Like here's the data. Here's the commands. Here's how to do it. Maybe here's why you do it. Um, But then you go do it. And the reality is even when we talk about the professional context, when people say, hey, let's all be professional here, that generally means don't show any emotions, right? It's again, all on the IQ cognitive side, not so much on the emotional or dare I say human side. So there's obviously a lot of gaps because you know we're all human beings. We're not automatons to be ordered around. And several things have happened over the last 15 years that have really driven us toward a more human-oriented type of leadership, right? First of all, this growing, globally distributed, uh, basically, economy where people are in different cultures, different parts of the world, many of them are not really together in the same office, has made us have to have greater social skills. And then over the last few years, something happened that dramatically pushed us towards the more human side of leadership. It was called the pandemic, Mm -hmm. right? Everyone okay. needed to learn to be more empathetic. Uh, our personal and professional lives got all mashed together. No matter what kind of leader you were, you're now suddenly maybe trying to take care of three kids while doing a very demanding job. I mean, it's very difficult. And so we all came face to face with our humanity. And so it really helped accelerate that idea of we do need to lead people, not just with a cognitive, but the human. Uh, Some other things that are driving that are newer generations coming to the workforce, right? You know, it's getting younger and younger, and that's a good thing. Uh, The drive from our diversity, equity, and inclusion around the world, right? We need to recognize people's humanity and differences in order to be able to include them, uh, you know, as well as our similarities. And finally, the rise of artificial intelligence (laughs) is also driving more of a need to understand the very human side because All that stuff that can be automated, done with machines is going to be. And so what are we left with? I mean, we're left with the human parts. So there are some gaps that are now being more and more recognized as areas that we do need to really think about as we leave. Rich, it took us
0: all of five minutes before mentioning the keyword AI, which has become such a hot topic today. Um, But I guess five minutes is pretty long, considering the fact that most (laughs) most of the conversations, it's probably the second or third line. So I'm glad we're focusing on AI in particular, especially, uh, you know, you brought up some really interesting points there. Um, Command and control structure has been around since the wars, and kind of like, you know, the French brigade system and a chef like Hell's Kitchen, that kind of situation as well, right? <laughs> um, so it's not necessarily yes. how you want to work your day to day life, especially with no. the kind of advances we've made. So you've given us a bit of the backdrop here, or at least some of the context as to what the current leadership landscape looks like. Uh, what was it that led you to developing your style of leadership, which puts emotional intelligence and the other components of Epic at its center?
1: Yeah, so I have a sort of interesting story. Um, You know, I grew up with very, very low emotional intelligence, right? Uh, Some people call that EQ or EI. You know, I I use them interchangeably, but let's just say that it was very low. And that was because I basically turned off all my emotions. Um, I had a lot of unpleasant emotions growing up as an immigrant to the United States from Taiwan. I didn't know how to make friends. I was very uh, hyperactive. I didn't speak English. And so I had emotions that I didn't enjoy. So I said, forget about all that stuff. I'm just going to focus on the cognitive side. So my goal was to be a genius robot because I figured out it was actually kind of smart. And being a robot seemed to have benefits. And it worked okay for about 20 years. And then I did something that totally messed up my plan, which is called I got married. (laughs) And um, my wife sort of didn't care about the genius side and really did not like the robot side. So she's like, what is wrong with you? And I realized that I needed to focus on trying to connect with her in a more authentic and deep way. And then I had kids and frankly, I really struggled to connect with them. And interestingly, even though I studied electrical engineering, computer science at Berkeley, I actually wound up becoming a missionary and an evangelist uh, for quite a few years of my life. And so from both a personal and a professional perspective, I realized that these things like empathy, self-awareness, showing you care, communicating in a way that connects you with other human beings were actually really, really important. So what I found was that it wasn't just helpful for me, for my marriage, my family, or even for my sort of occupation, but that everyone I encountered also found that there was benefit in these skills from C-level executives to new managers, to people who are new to the workforce. And so that's what spurred me to help start really sharing this with as many people as possible. And I found that no matter how smart you were, how senior you were, how rich you were, none of it mattered uh, from a perspective of EQ skills can make a big difference in your quality of life and in your ability to uh, lead others. All right, let's take a little bit of a step back here and go through the basics or at least the
0: foundational elements. what are the main elements that make up the key components of emotional intelligence or epic leadership?
1: So uh, I subscribe to Daniel Goleman's model of emotional intelligence. He's perhaps one of the world's you know, most well-known luminaries in the field. And so it really comes down to sort of four basic components. It's self-awareness and self-management and then social awareness and relationship management. So it's kind of knowing what you're feeling and what you're going through. I'm angry, I'm disappointed, I'm happy, I'm excited, whatever it may be. And then knowing how to manage that, right? For instance, if I'm angry and I feel like I want to punch you in the face, well, I should probably manage that and (laughs) refrain from doing that, right? Because that's probably not going to (laughs) be super productive, right? So it's sort of knowing where I'm at and then do I want to stay with it or do I want to shift away from it? So that's the personal part. And then the other part is the social competencies, which, you know, social awareness is a lot of empathy. It's essentially understanding what other people are feeling and thinking so that we can then respond appropriately to that to achieve, you know, our mutual goals. So those are the key components. And uh, maybe one of the simplest definitions I've heard, which I I thought was great, was it's knowing how to have emotions work for you rather than against you, right? Uh, And I think we've all had situations where we've had our emotions work against us, Right. We did something that uh, we look back on and thought that was really dumb. Why on earth did I do that? It was probably because our emotions sort of took control in a, in a not so helpful way. <laughs> or have you ever been in a situation where you said something and you wish you could pull the words back in your mouth as they were coming out? You're like, oh, I can't believe I just said that. That was terrible. It was also probably because we're feeling emotionally stressed or out of whack or something. Yeah. And so knowing at how to moment. we all have we all have right it's just part of being human and so emotional intelligence knows how to sort of manage those times in a productive way so that we can you know be the best version of ourselves as often as possible so let's take all of that
0: that we've talked about so far Um, the key components elements that make up emotional intelligence the fact that earlier you mentioned that you've seen uh, improvements when emotional intelligence is more integrated into work life and then bring it Directly to the working environment? Because a lot of the people that are listening to this right now might be employees, might have their own business, uh, might have employees of their own. Um, Why do you believe that emotional intelligence is key to building a happy and high performing team?
1: I love that question. Thank you for asking it. So, there is so much research about the power of emotion skills. Right? Did you know that the average person experiences emotions ninety to hundred percent of their day? Like it is almost all the time. Uh, in fact, Roshin, you're experiencing emotion right now as you're talking to me. Now, now, hopefully, it's not boredom or like <laughs> excitement or something, but but something is going on. And every listener out there, you're experiencing something right now, whether you realize it or not. And so, research has found that emotions impact our ability to pay attention our creativity, all our relationships, our physical and mental health, and our decision making, right? I mean, which ones of those would be willing to part with in terms of a skill set during your workday? I mean, Hmm. they're all obviously really important. And boy, we're going to spend an average of 1,396 hours of our life working. Wow. Right? And so what do we want to do with those hours of our life? Right. Um, A fascinating uh, research uh, project just came out a few months ago. It found that uh, 69% of people say that their managers had the greatest impact on their mental health right up there with their partner, like the person they're married to or live with at home. And that our managers actually had more impact on our mental health than our doctor or our therapist. So this is, this came out of the Workforce Institute at UKG. I mean, I, mean, I
0: believe it, Rich. Uh, I mean, any anecdotal kind of evidence, you know, the family members you speak to, the friends, um, the friends who have bad managers versus the friends who have good managers, or at least what they perceive to be it. Um, you can see their appreciation and their enjoyment of work is vastly different. Work is hard, whether yes. or not you know whatever you're doing. But the person that you report to can make a big difference to the experience
1: of doing that kind of hard work yes absolutely and uh you know no surprise you've probably seen the industry data right that people who have managers who have low emotional intelligence uh specifically empathy have a three times higher attrition rate than those who have high empathy I mean, it just kind of makes sense. I mean, raise your hand out there if you're listening. If you would love to work for a manager that doesn't care about you, doesn't understand you, and doesn't try to help you, like, yeah, sign me (laughs) up, right? (laughs) Of course not. You're going to try to get out of there as quickly as you can versus a manager who does understand you, that does care about you, and does try to help you. I mean, those are the ones that you want to work for long term, and frankly, When they ask more of you or challenge you to do better, you're a lot more willing to do that because you believe that they care. So, you know, that's why higher performing teams are gonna come when there's higher emotional intelligence. Um, The other part of it is this whole idea of psychological safety as well. Like so much research out there about that. Essentially, it's a team environment where people are able to say what they think, voice their concerns, opinions, ideas, and even mistakes. Uh, Amy Edmondson over at Harvard has done a ton of research about that, and she's found that those teams create better ideas, uh, are higher performing in terms of results, are actually higher collective IQ together because, you know, again, they are able to pitch in all of their, you know, sort of collective wisdom and are just more fun to work for. And uh, psychological safety at the foundation takes things like respect, trust, and empathy, and these are all squarely in the realm of, you know, emotional intelligence skills.
0: Right, Rich, we got to go into a few messages, but when we come back, we're going to get into the balance needed, right? Because it's wanting to want a manager to do that, but can they really do that given all the responsibilities that they have? Folks, today on Raise Your Game, I've been speaking with Richard Hua, global leader of Epic Leadership at Amazon Web Services, more commonly known as AWS. We'll be back in a few minutes. I'm Roshan Kennison. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Be free-minded, BFM. 89.9. Welcome back to Raise Your Game. I'm Roshan Karnasen. And this morning, I've been speaking with Rich Hua, Global Head of Epic Leadership over at Amazon Web Services. So Rich, following up from our conversation earlier, you, know, you were telling us a little bit about the importance of emotional intelligence and why you believe it's key in building happy and high-performing teams. And one of the key points you brought up was the fact that attrition rates at teams with uh, managers of lower EQ were three times higher than those with a higher EQ. EQ managers. Um, That said, you know, when we look at the leadership landscape, it often feels like leaders barely have time for themselves with their core responsibilities as it is. So with that in mind, is it realistic to expect leaders to be able to learn and tap into emotional intelligence to become better leaders?
1: Yeah, um, you know, it's really a profound um, topic because let me just say this, being a leader is hard. It is not an easy task, right? You've got to deliver results. You've got to get things done. you got to care about your own success and the success of like a whole bunch of other people around you. And they may be going through a lot of different things. It is not easy. Um, you know, having been a leader myself for decades, I recognize that. So one of the key things to being able to be an empathetic and a helpful leader for others is knowing how to manage ourselves. That's why when I talk about things like empathy or inspiration, I always start with first, how are you doing? Hmm. Right. And so some really key things are being able to understand where we're at in our emotional state, where our stress levels are at, and then having really good strategies to manage our own self in a way that helps us to be healthy. Right. Those include things like having healthy outlets for our emotions, you know, especially ones that may be unpleasant. Right. Um, Doing things that help us recover. Right. Uh, Because productivity is important, but recovery is just as important. So things such as exercise or sleep or having good friends to connect with. Right. Or doing things that are meaningful, that we're passionate about, whether at work or outside of work, like that ability to recover. Um, And then thirdly, just, you know, the right set of sort of boundaries, knowing that, okay, it's time to shut things off or it's time to, you know, put the pedal to the metal. So it's those self-management skills that are really important. I would say that with the literally hundreds of thousands of leaders that I've worked with, what they've realized is that um, they do need a higher level of skill in order to lead with empathy while taking care of themselves. But it is possible if they develop those skills. Right. And, you know, the way I think about it is, you know, I'm sort of a pseudo athlete. Um, You know, I I play basketball here and there. And when I first saw people get that orange ball into the basket, I'm like, wow, that seems unbelievable. I could never do that. And then I practice and I realize that, well, with more skill, I could actually, you know, be more effective at it. And so what's beautiful about emotional intelligence is that it is a set of skills. It is not something you're necessarily born with or have or don't have. But if you develop them, you can actually become much better. And I'm absolutely living testament to that.
0: You know, that's a great point to jump to the next question. Right? It, it leads off uh, in basketball terms. You've provided me a really good layup here. Um, how would you give a leader who wants to, you know, to learn, to practice uh, emotional intelligence, to be better at it, but isn't sure how to? How do they start their journey to lead with greater empathy and inclusion?
1: You know, for any leader to be more effective with other people, they have to start with themselves. Mm. And so really the biggest and first part of it is self-awareness. It's realizing how am I showing up to other people? Um, You know, do people perceive me as empathetic? Do people perceive me as listening? Uh, Am I inspiring? And the only way to really know that is we've got to be willing to do some reflection Really ask ourselves, you know, some good questions. How did I show up today? What am I proud of? What am I not so proud of? But then we've also got to have friends and colleagues that we trust that we can ask their opinion. You know, how do you think I'm doing? What am I doing well? How can I improve? Right? Uh, I call those loving critics, right? <laughs> People who care about us and want to succeed, but also willing to tell us the truth. Uh, it could be our partner. It could be, you know, a mentor. It could be somebody else that we have as a friend or a colleague. But I think that self-awareness is really important. Uh, some people actually, a lot of people actually do mindfulness, right? They do some kind of mindfulness or meditation practice just to sort of calm themselves. So they can just focus a little more on how am I really doing? So I think that's where it begins. Um, and then the second part is just Find resources where you can really learn. Um, Some people really like reading books. I love reading books. So I read like a book every week or two, Um, you know, maybe taking some courses they can officially join in on. And then one of the most powerful ways of improving your emotional intelligence is to find some friends who also want to grow in those skills. Mm. Like if there are uh, some people who also want to become more epic leaders or grow in their empathy or just be more effective Uh, Research has found that if you just find two or three other people that you can be with, you're going to basically all improve together because, you know, there's a famous saying you're going to be the average of your five closest friends. And so if you find people around you who also have similar goals, you have a higher chance of uh, improving in those. Uh, Rich, you mentioned uh, books
0: earlier. Do you have any favorite books in mind? If If you were to recommend a book to a friend right now, is there a particular book that you have in mind?
1: Yeah, there are um, there are many books I love, but if you're starting out on this journey, I would recommend three books and you can read one of them or two of them or all three. The first is Daniel Goleman's classic. It's just called Emotional Intelligence. Right. He wrote it in the 90s, but it was literally groundbreaking. And, you know, almost everything he said is still true today. Hmm. So it's really quite profound. The second one is called EQ 2.0. And it's by Travis Bradbury and Gene Greaves. And uh, it has a little assessment that you can actually take online, and then you get scores and the four components, and then you basically can, it has a whole bunch of tips on how to grow in those areas. And then the third one is from Dr. Mark Brackett of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, and it's simply called Permission to Feel. You know the idea is hey we all have feelings give yourselves permission to it be but be an emotion scientist like study and try to figure out how to leverage them in a more productive way rather than be like an emotion judge and you know flagellate yourself if you have the (laughs) quote wrong ones kind of thing. So all three of those are fantastic. They've all made a very positive difference in my life. All right. I'll add it to my
0: Goodreads uh, watch list. Rich, we've got to go into a few messages. Folks, I've been speaking with Richard Hua, Global Leader of Epic Leadership at Amazon Web Services on today's episode of Raise Your Game. I'm Roshan Karnison. We'll be back in just a bit. So keep it here at BFM 89.9, the business station. Brave Finance Managers, BFM 89.9. Good morning, folks, and welcome back to Raise Your Game. I'm Roshan Karnassan, and this morning, I've been speaking about the importance of empathy in leadership with Richard Hua, global leader of Epic Leadership at Amazon Web Services, more commonly known as AWS. All right, Rich, a lot of what we talked about is really it's good stuff, Rich. Right? These are all things that we want to aspire to. We want to head in that direction. And a manager, you know, maybe listening to this and be like, "Hey, I want to be in that. Di- I want that's something I want to achieve. I want to be a more uh, emotionally uh, intelligent manager, so that so that I can, you know, uh, reduce the churn in my department or just be a better leader overall." That's it. for in in order for something like this to succeed, you would, in my guests need to get deep buy-in from the organization itself so that incentives can be aligned to encourage this. I'm sure many of us have been for, you know, those positive and eye-opening training sessions Uh, only for all that optimism and the ideas to be demolished the minute we get back to work and existing KPIs are, you know, back in place, right? Because the KPIs don't consider all these new things that we've learned. It's just back to the old side of leadership, which is, again, as we mentioned earlier in this conversation, going back to command and control World War II style leadership. So how do you think this issue can be addressed?
1: Yeah, um, and and this actually speaks to what's happened uh, even, you know, at, at Amazon. You know, Amazon's this amazing, amazing company. I love working here. I've been here six and a half years. And the level of innovation that we have internally and the pace we move at and the quality of people. I've just, you know, I'm humbled and inspired every day by my colleagues and the people I get to work with and work for uh, so, so really wonderful. Um, and what, what's really interesting is we're going through this evolution ourselves, where we are striving to be Earth's best employer, right? That's a new leadership principle that was released uh, just about three years ago. And uh, our, our leadership principles are things that we really do live by. We try to live by them, work by them, operate by them on a regular basis. And so, you know, there's an evolution going on. And so, when I was first talking at Amazon about emotional intelligence. People are like, what is that? that? That that doesn't. I've never heard of that before. Or oh, you know, that doesn't make any sense. Or that's not going to help. And so, a few things really help to get by it. First of all, was empathy, right? Really trying to understand what are people going through and what are the challenges they're facing, so that whatever we talk about actually addresses those, right? Going around saying we should all be more emotional intelligent. I mean, that's not going to change anything. That and like. will get you a latte at Starbucks, okay? That doesn't help. Or in your your case, you know, maybe like 20 ringgit or something, right? But that, that doesn't help anybody. It's more going, what are the things you're facing, the challenges you're going through, and how can I help that? And along with that, one of the best questions to ask is, what business problems could actually be solved with more connection and understanding? And instead of saying, do you believe in EQ? It's more like, what are the business problems? And then people start talking about, well, performance or, you know, working with uh, cross-functional teams where maybe there's some friction or making decisions or retention or attracting talent. They're just selling of a whole lot of things that are like, you know, actually, this will help me with my actual job, right? So that connection is really important. And then the, the other piece is creating what we call mechanisms, right? Uh, things that you can actually put into place that you do on a regular basis that help drive the right kinds of behaviors, Right. Uh, Instead of just good intentions like, oh, I want to be more emotional. Well, how about instead um, every Friday, take 30 minutes and send out five thank you notes to people who have actually made a positive difference in your work? Like that's actually more effective than thinking, well, I'm going to try to be more emotionally intelligent, or something like, you know, I'm going to make sure I have a one on one with people uh, on my team every couple of weeks. And I'm going to make sure I ask at least one of these questions that I have that will help me to understand them better. What are their pains, challenges, hopes, or dreams, so that I can somehow support them, right? So having those actually help change how we operate and then also the tenor of our uh, organization as well. Um, So, you know, I'm sort of a living testament to the fact that about four and a half years ago, no one at Amazon was talking about emotional intelligence. And today... We've actually delivered EQ uh, training sessions to over 300,000 Amazonians and then also 35,000 of our AWS customers around the world. So it has literally become this thing that uh, a lot of people are involved in in, and eager to practice and develop.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Rich, I just also want to check with you whether, you know, this isn't something that is uh, binary, right? It isn't on or off. It's a journey that you go on. It takes time to develop because, you know, some people listening to this may say, hey, I've heard negative stories about Amazon and workers. Right. Um, But the thing to think about over the long term is that this is a long term journey. And what you're working with here. Is building this mindset that then trickles down and builds Amazon into this company over the long term that treats its workers. uh, What was the term you used earlier? Wants to be the world's best employer, correct?
1: Striving, striving to be the world's best employer. Yeah.
0: Yeah practice. Yeah, because you're helping seed this into the culture, help it permeate through the the employees. And you know, from the from the Amazon employees, this could then go to other places, right? This is uh hopefully more seeding of this kind of mentality and focus on emotional intelligence can hopefully lead to a better working environment longer term, not just for Amazonians but for other companies as well. I think Amazon has offices around the world. Yes. So um you know hopefully that Absolutely. trickles down in other areas as well. Um, Rich, we're coming towards the end of our time now. So maybe we can focus on some of the common mistakes that are easily avoidable when trying to bring emotional intelligence and epic leadership into an organization.
1: Yeah, what I find is one of the most common mistakes is lots of enthusiasm and not a whole lot of empathy. and what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of people have tried to bring a lot of things in organizations and emotional intelligence is is just one of them. Um, the fact is, others at Amazon have tried to talk about this before, you know, during our almost 30 year history, but none of it's ever stuck. Right. And that's because uh, it was good stuff, but people weren't able to understand. Well, why should I care about that? Like, how does that actually connect with my life or my existence? And so what um, I've really intentionally done is I've tried to constantly answer the question, how will this actually help you as a leader be more successful? How will it help you achieve your goals for your organization? And then on top of that, how can it actually be good for everyone else around you? Unless you answer those first two questions, uh, other priorities will always basically get in the way, right? And so do I have a lot of passion and enthusiasm? Absolutely. But do I also have a plan because I understand that people have their own goals and needs? Yes. And I'll just give you one example. One of the biggest things that actually happened for the EQ sort of initiative was this thing called the pandemic. Right? When the pandemic came, two big, big needs rose to the very top for everybody, not just Amazon, but the entire world. The first thing was, how do I take care of myself, not just physically, but mentally? right? Like the the anxiety, the fear, and then the extra stress of having to work from home and take care of family while also doing a job, right? People were not equipped with the skills to be able to handle that extra amount of stress. And the second thing was for leaders who basically asked the question, how do I actually lead empathetically, Hmm. right? Before this, we all would show up to the office. I basically told people what they needed to do. We delegated, we went off, did great work. Now my team members, half of them are kind of falling apart because now they have to homeschool three kids, take care of a, you know, a very sick parent. I don't know how to actually be the kind of empathetic leader that, you know, I need to be at this moment. So from those two perspectives, I realized there's a huge need. So I started offering to deliver emotional intelligence talks to fulfill those two needs And that's when we went from a few thousand people to literally tens of thousands of people that were impacted by our trainings. And so that empathy for what people are going through makes such a huge difference because then they see the valley for themselves and then they can bring more of it to their uh, their leadership and their organizations. And one more question
0: here, Rich. Um, and maybe this is just part of this common mistakes narrative. Is um, well, I'm wondering whether trying to do it too fast can be a problem as well. How long did, have you been working with Amazon and AWS in striving for these uh, these aspirations? Give us a bit of like you know an illustration here of uh, so that people don't try to do it within three days. You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Um, so in our sort of instant gratification yeah, world. Exactly. Um, yeah, watch this five minute video and suddenly you'll become high in EQ. No, I mean, the fact is it is a lifelong journey, right? Um, and that's how I think about it. It's an EQ journey and we can always do better. We can always grow. You know, one of the things actually we we say a lot at Amazon is having a day one mentality. And day one means I'm always beginning. Um, you know, I'm always starting. It's never the finish line. It's always a starting line. I can always evolve and learn. And um, so, you know, the key thing is that it does take time and it does take practice. And one of the things I would encourage people to do is as you're learning, as you're becoming more aware, as you're practicing, don't be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to fail because that's the only way that we can actually get better. In fact, I heard sort of this this definition of failure. It's the first attempt in learning, F-A-I-L, right, (laughs) that, you know, every time... Every time we do it, we're learning something, right? So that's okay. And if you're starting off in an EQ journey, you're gonna probably fail more than you succeed. That's okay. Kind of like my first 1000 layups, you know, made maybe three of them. So, but over time it becomes better and better. And so yes, at Amazon, it's been an effort that I've been undergoing for about four and a half years. And at first it was just me going around giving talks to people who are like, what on earth is this person talking about? And now we have our most senior leaders believing that, hey, this is gonna really make a difference for ourselves, our business and our people and really our customers. And so, uh, you know, I'm really thrilled. Rich, on that note, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Roshan. I really, really appreciate the time and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. To you
0: as well. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been speaking with Richard Huar, Global Head of Epic Leadership at Amazon Web Services, and you've been listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Roshan keep it here at BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.